Welcome to the Life Point Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses and inspires you to reach God's purpose for your life. Got your Bibles open up to the book of John in chapter 6. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. You guys look great today. You guys are downtrodden, I think. What's going on? What's going on here? We're going to have to wake up. Everybody take a deep breath. Don't blow it out because of COVID, right? <laughs> Just hold it and we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. We got a full house today. Yeah, come on. You can give it up for that. It's good. It's good. I love what God's doing in our church. This is a big family here, right? You have your family, which is like you, yourself, right? And then it begins to in, extend out in concentric circles. Some of you have children. Some of you are children, right? All of it is important. We're going to hit all aspects today. We've been in this series called Family Matters. Lord willing, we'll finish it today. And there are family matters to deal with and the fact that our family actually matters. We've got to put into it and it is a challenge. And I told you from the beginning of the series that you need to have a goal for your family because the enemy has a goal for your family. The systematic annihilation of the biblical family, that's the goal of the enemy. But we have a goal, and God has a goal for our families, that our family would mirror his love to the world. I pray that that is happening in your family, but only that it is increasing in this next season, that as we reach out to Homestead, that people look and go like, I want what you've got. What is that? And you go, I'm glad you asked. It's Jesus. He's doing it. I don't have a whole lot to offer, but he's working inside of me, and he makes it better all the time, and the Holy Spirit gives us power to do the things that we need to do. So you need to have a goal for your family. You need to have a goal for yourself. I'm not talking about just financial goals, right? Not just talking about physical goals. Those are all important. I'm talking about spiritual goals. And you need to be eating all week long, right? So you got to create this space inside of the family. That's for yourself too. You've got to create space. Now, we can't, we, got, we can't make time. People like to say, I'll make time for it. You can't make time. You only get 24 hours just like everybody else. So you're either going to carve something out and specify this time is for me and the Lord, which is really all his, right? So you should live like that all day long. But it's certainly with your family, whether that is your friends or your neighborhood or your clique or your gang or whatever it is. Right? And I said all that because people are craving family so bad that they will go to those other places looking for that because they're not getting it at home. I wonder why people run and, and dive into a gang and say, this is my family right here instead of at home because we haven't provided that environment of family at home. We've got to do that. We've got to fight. We've got to claim our kids back because the enemy, as I said, is fighting for them. But we're going to fight harder. How many of you know, how many of you got kids in here? Let me see who I'm talking to today, right? Okay. Um, we've all had friends and have kids. And we've been around kids and we know this, that they're always hungry, right? Kids can eat, right? It's like, what are you doing? You're just like... You know, you just keep eating, right? And, and some of you have multiple, multiple kids. I, f- you know, I figured out after one, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, the Bible says, happy is the man whose quiver is full. I have a small quiver, and I've got one arrow, and I'm going to shoot her far into the world. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to launch her. You know, I like that. But it's a beautiful, but she's hungry, right? She says, it's, Dad, it's your responsibility to feed me. I said, yeah, for about another 10 months. So you better get get to work. You're going to have to provide for yourself, take care of yourself. And, of course, that isn't true. But we know that they're hungry and that they're after something and that that dinner is important. And it really is a source of conflict for a lot of you because of the lack of planning, right? So you come and I was like, what's for dinner? I don't know. What what do we do? Should we get a pizza? Should we do this? Should we stop by McDonald's, swing by? And it's like it's just chaotic instead of having a plan in place that we would feed our family. Now, I'm not just talking about the physical things, obviously. I'm not just talking about that. Ronald Reagan 
president a while ago. He said, all, all great change in America begins at the dinner, t- dinner table. Now, I don't know about that. But I think this is something that we've lost. We've lost an art of this, and we do spend some time there. But my guess is that a lot of you, for a lot of you, your, your table has clutter on it. It's like you walk in, you drop your wallet, you drop your keys. That's what I do. I have a little section over there. I have my computer. I do it. And I work. It's, it's, it's a place that we can work off of. But if we don't shepherd the environment, I'm not talking about the table. If we don't shepherd our home, parents, kids, whoever you are in your house, with your family, with your platform, with your network, if you don't shepherd it, somebody will be lost. Somebody will be lost. Earl Biggers said this. He said, careless shepherds make excellent dinner for wolves. Yeah. So he's just like serving it up, right? Because we know that there's something in life that that kids are after and our spouses are after. And if we don't do it the godly way, somebody else will come along with a facade, with a fake version of that, and it will mess them up, right? So everybody gets these devices, right? We got on, we got computers, we got game stations, we've got all kinds of stuff that kids are into and that parents are into. And if we're not careful, those things will eat up the time that we should be giving to them, Jesus. We should stop and say that if we'll do that, right? This will be so important. So what are our kids eating? Again, I'm not talking about just the physical stuff. It's important. But I want to talk about the spiritual stuff. This message is called Bread is Life. How many like bread? Where are my bread eaters at? Oh, oh Lord. I'm here. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the bread, right? Bread will mess you up. Right? The older I get, the more I realize that bread goes straight to here. Right? And he's like, oh, man. And I've heard, I've been, oh, you just need to try this cloud bread. No. You know what that is? That's that fake bread. You know that people try to tell you is bread? That's not bread. You know? I'm a guy that, like, goes to, I'll let, I'll let bread spoil everything. You know what I mean? I'll go to Olive Garden. Where my Olive Garden people are. I'll be like, I'm going to get a whole, I'm going to get the lasagna. By the time lasagna comes, I'm done. And I try to be good. Right? I'm like, yeah, bring a salad and no breadsticks. But. Okay, bring two baskets. Just go ahead and bring two. Don't bring one because my girls are going to eat one. I'm going to eat one. I'll eat five breadsticks and take one drink of water, and that joker expands like this. You know what I mean? Before my meal even gets there, I'm like, just pack it up. It's going to be good. Just pack it up. We'll take it home. That's lunch tomorrow. That's how I planned it. No, it's not, right? But it's the opposite with the Lord. We're going to see that he himself is the bread of life that changes everything and I don't want to ruin my appetite at Olive Garden with the bread, but I certainly want to ruin my appetite for the things of the world with the bread of life, who is Jesus. And if we will do that, if we will feed ourselves with Jesus every single day, if we will get the Holy Spirit inside of us, it will change you. It will change the way you look at things. The things of earth will not be attractive. They will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The old hymn says it's beautiful. So let's look at this passage. John chapter 6, verse 22. Um, There's a ton of ministry going on here. Jesus had just fed thousands of people. An incredible miracle, right? And so we know that, that people love to eat, right? So this is a process. By the way, if we, if we have food trucks or a barbecue one day, you know we always have record attendance on those days. You know that? People come from everywhere. They're like, we, sh- we thought we should say hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. You're not here to see me. I know. Because if you feed them, they will come. That's right. That's how it goes. So in verse 22, John chapter 6, we're going to pick up right after this wonderful miracle where he feeds him. It says, the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat. And they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where Jesus had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. 
So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. People are always interested in getting fed. Listen, people ask me all the time, they're like, why is your church growing? And they want some magical formula. You want me to tell you why this church is growing? Honestly, you want me to tell you why? Because we love people and we preach the word of God. That's it. Not necessarily in that order, right? We preach the word of God. If you're looking for some other, if you're looking for a watered-down gospel where you just tell you you're good enough and you're smart enough and God loves you, I'm not, I'm not yes, all of that is true, but you can't do it by yourself. So I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. I'm going to tell you about sin in your life so that you can get better. I'm going to tell you that. And sometimes it's hard, right? But we tell each other about that so that we can get better. I'm not I'm just going to, oh, man, go ahead. Just keep doing what you're doing. No! Because some of you are on a path of destruction, heading straight to hell. So I need to tell you so that your life will be saved about it. I'm not doing it maliciously. I'm doing it out of love. Now, the world's got it all twisted. They don't want to hear that stuff. They want to, like, everything's okay. Do what you want. You'll all work it out. No, it won't. Not for you, it's going to work out fine for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Yes, we know that all things work together for those people, but the people who say, I do what I want, that's not going to work out very well. Let me tell you that. We preach the word of God and we love you here. Never forget that we love you, but I'm going to tell you the truth at the same time. Too many of us were just snacking on the things of God. He wants us to have a meal. Verse 25 said, they found him on the other side of the lake. And ask, Rabbi, teacher, when did you get here? (laughs) People will go where they're fed. That's what I just said, right? People will go where they're fed. They're after them. Yes, because he gave them a physical meal. Maybe some of them didn't get a chance to eat a whole lot. But but they also knew that he had something that they were after. Again, he had just fed 5,000 people. They understand this is a, a God of miracles. I've been saying this all week, just problem after problem. So many people are just dealing with stuff. Welcome to the club. We've all got problems. It's a crazy time in the world. We still serve a God of miracles. He hasn't forgot. He hasn't stopped working. He's still You don't see it sometimes, just like the song said, but he's working. He's working on your behalf. And we resolve to believe, again, Romans 8, 28, that all things work together, right? They're working together for our good, the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand or understood the miraculous signs. Wow. This, this beautiful influence from your life or the life of Jesus or your, your platform, if you will, the space that God has given you to minister to people is real. Don't despise it. Some of you are just, you're, you're trying to muster up the strength to, to tell your friends and family about it. Listen, don't quit, quit, just, just get it over. Just rip the band-aid off because people are dying. They're dying to hear this. And so Jesus certainly did it. His disciples certainly do it. We're trying to do it here. And I hope that continues to go out. That's why I believe. In other words, a young man who brought literally like 15 people today. He's been here, like last week was his first week. Came to the 9 o'clock service and brought like 15 people with him. Yeah, I'm like, my goodness, praise God for that. He ain't afraid to share. He ain't afraid. He's he's not saying, hey, man, you guys need to come. Not that it's life point, but get to Jesus. I believe he's trying to get people to Jesus, right? So you can influence them. Certainly, we should spiritually in really all areas. Verse 27 says, but don't be so concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. 
This food spoils so fast. This physical food that we buy. Some of you throw away hundreds of dollars of groceries every month. Right? I, like I'm, I, I seldom throw things away. Like I'll scrape the mold off of it. Like, Alicia is not in here. Maybe she is in here. Alicia is our administrative assistant. She's like, ooh, that's not good. Pastor, don't eat that. You know, and I'm like, ah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, it's been in there for, ah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I take it. I'm like, that's bad. Don't eat that, you know. <laughs> but I'm not afraid to go after it. I don't want to waste anything, right? And we certainly don't want to waste anything with Jesus, right, for Jesus. And so we give our friends. And he never goes bad, right? He never gets sitting around too long that he goes bad. He's always fresh. And what he has for us is fresh. But listen to this, parents, people, any, anywhere of your sphere of influence, right? If you don't do what you're supposed to, that space will be filled with things from this world. It will, right? Listen to this. Our lack of influence will be replaced by media, idols, and TV, and fill in the blank. Certainly in regards to parenting. Certainly. Right? And it's like, I get it. It's hard to just like, fight against we're warring against culture because kids are like no i want my space i told you last week they just want to go to their room right you send them to the room and they're thankful no you it's the opposite way no you're going to come out here we're going to have dinner together we're going to sit down i'm going to be in your business i want to hear about school we're going to fight you're going to tell me we're going to war because i love you not because i hate you because i'm pulling this out of you and if you think that they're giving Jesus at school. Well, maybe some of you have private school. That's great. But if you think they're giving your kid Jesus at public school, you're sadly mistaken. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I have a kid in public school. We, we talk about this every day. Every day. I'm like, okay, unpack that garbage. right? Put that to the side because I'm going to give you the real stuff. His name is Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit. It has to be. If you don't, if you don't do that, it will be filled. And if you think, man, I'm not giving them any influence, I'm not driving them towards Jesus, well, listen, the enemy has got something there for them. He's going to be in their ear. He's going to be chatting up. And the conversations that you're afraid to have with your kids, their friends, and the enemy is using their friends. And those friends, as we know, people who tell your kids something first, they become the expert in their life. That's the truth. That's why some of you are like, you tell your kids something, they're like, yeah, but Johnny says, so I was like, I don't give a rip about Johnny. Johnny's 10 years old. He eats his boogers. He doesn't know anything, right? That kid doesn't know anything. Don't tell me about Johnny. I'm going to tell you something. This is it. That's why we got to have the conversations early, and we got to have them often, often as in like every single day, because our lack of influence will be replaced by anything that the devil can use, anything. Verse 20, it says, they replied, we want to perform God's work too. What should we do? Really? We really want to work for the Lord? Listen to this. We have some work to do. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. This is beautiful, and yet it's hard. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is the only work God wants from you is to believe in the one who he has sent. Believe, believe in Jesus. Like, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, everybody believes in Jesus almost. I know we have this growing sense of people who say, I don't believe in anything anymore. I just believe in myself. Okay, whatever. But as the old quote says, there's no atheist in the foxholes. Right? Watch that on 9-11 recaps. People, everybody was praying. Everybody. 
right? That's what happens when it comes down. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? It's going to happen. We might as well get it right now. We might as well get it right now, people. So what should we do? You need it. This is your work. You got work to do. I got work to do. We got work to do. Believe in the one who he has sent. See, here's the problem. Is like we're like, the devil comes and is like, no, believe in this. Believe in your Instagram account. Because that's really what makes you feel good, right? Because everything's like a little dopamine drip of life, right? We're just after that. We're chasing that feeling. Everybody just wants to be known. Everybody wants to scratch that itch. It just feels good. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, life, the position, the money, the bank account, the car, the ball, this, boom, boom, boom. Fill in the blank for yourself because everybody's got one. Everybody. Welcome to the club. Right? And so we chase that feeling of like, okay, yes, God, I believe in you. Thank you for everything you've done. But this, but this. And we war against that inside of us. And this is, I think, why he's telling them. He's trying to get everybody onto the same page, certainly the disciples, certainly the people, the concentric circles that go out and out, and certainly us here today. That we would believe this and stand for it, right? And we're looking at our own lives, and some of you are challenged. With this, as you say, man, it's just, it's rough. It's rough. We're trying, but it's rough. I want to tell you this, man. Because we got to be, our kids got to see us do something. And God bless you guys. I'm preaching to the choir. You're here today. I'm talking about, be, listen to this. Be boringly consistent in your walk with Christ. Boringly consistent. Wake up in the morning, say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me another day. Sit down, open the word of God, drink your coffee, drink your shake, drink whatever you got. Just go after Jesus. These are your hands. These are your feet. Every single day, stop in the middle of the day, minister to people, pray before your meals, pray when you go to bed, pray, worship, come to church all the time. Every time the doors are open, have church in your car. Just be boringly consistent in your life. When your kids begin to see that, they will know that it's important to you. They'll say, hey, I saw grandma doing this. I saw dad doing this. That was the behavior that was modeled. And as we see this, we understand that they have to see us get prepared for battle, like we said in the Gideon series, right? Because it's a war, because you're launching them out into the world, and they have to see us get prepared with the, the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith and the belt of truth and the, the feet uh, with the preparation of the gospel and all these one of the breastplate of righteousness. The whole, the whole salvation package is working inside of us, but we're going into battle. They need to see us have faith in a season where people's faith has been like, mm. I'm talking about strong people. Like, I just don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> you don't know what? Did you ever know? Did you ever know what was going to happen tomorrow? No, you didn't. So quit worrying about it now. Why would we start worrying about now? The same God who was there in 2017 and 18, was there in 19 and 20, and he's still here today because he doesn't change. Right? So they need to see us have faith. They need to see us activated. And they need to see us work. The work, this is the work that you would believe in the one who's been sent. His name is Jesus, right? They need to see that we believe. They need to see that we trust in the Lord. And it doesn't make sense a lot of times. It's, it's counterintuitive to the way we do things in the world. 
Well, you need to trust in, in your ability to make money. You need to trust in your, your physical ability. You need to trust in your health. You need to trust in the doctors. You need to trust in the government. You need to trust in this. Trust in, that's not what the Bible says. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path, right? Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Psalm 27, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Lord our God. If we would start reciting this stuff to our kids, reading it to our kids, praying it over to our kids, praying it over our neighbors, praying it over our parents, praying it over our aunts, uncles, spouses, teenagers, just praying it and believing it. The word of God never goes out and just comes back empty. Never. The problem is we don't do it. Verse 30 said, they answer, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Never do this to God, right? Show me you're real. <laughs> You'd be like, wow, gotcha. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Manna, what is it? Literally a bread-like substance that came from heaven as the people cried out. But it's funny because that wasn't enough either, was it? Because it's just... Short time later, they said, we're tired of manna. We're tired of what is it? Can we get something else? Oh, God sent quail. Right? And they murmured and complained about that too. Because that's what people do. That's what we do. Give us more. What can you, what can you do for me, God? What can you, and you need to answer this question here. Like, why are you here today? Why are you here in this season? Yeah, here, but also in this, this present place where you're at, where you're seeking God. Because if you don't know why you're here, you won't know why you left. Right? Because if you're, if you're here for the lights, all it takes is one strike of lightning and the lights go out. Right? There's no more haze. We're, we're down to an acoustic set, which is fine. Some of you are like, oh, that's what we need. I don't know if it's what we need or not. I know we need to go after Jesus. That's what we need. Right? But you know that the, all of this fades. Matt Redman wrote a song about it years ago. When the music fades and all is stripped away, I simply come. That's what God wants from us. You're chasing music. You're chasing lights. You're chasing, what are you chasing? And maybe you're not. Maybe you're just here for the glory of the Lord. Praise God. Maybe you're just here to just worship him and, you know, be strengthened. All of, all of it is fine, right? So you need to begin to answer these whys. And you're, and this, certainly they're here like, show us a sign. Give us a sign, God. But I'm not here just to see the phenomenon of the Holy Spirit. I'm not just here to see the miraculous signs and wonders. If God wants to do that, great. If he doesn't, he's still faithful. Verse 31 said, after all these ancestors, it happens. Verse 32, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses gave bread from heaven. My father, uh, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. True bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. My guess is that you have the same type of prayer right in this moment. That you're like, I want, I want the bread of life because this is, this is like the perfect environment for it, right? Maybe there's a couple of you who are like, eh, I don't know. But the, for, the, for the most part, the vast majority of you are here. You're like, I want the bread of life. And he's like, I'm available. He's always available. Grab that communion cup right there. Let's 
peel back that top layer of cellophane. Let me, let me actually just hold on one second. Let me, let me talk. We're going to, in a minute, we're going to get this right. Let me explain how we do communion here. We practice open communion at this church. That means you don't have to be a member. Raise your hand if you didn't get one. They'll help you out here. That means you don't have to be a member of this specific family of faith. But listen to this. Listen carefully. You absolutely need to be a member of the body of Christ. We're going to let the Lord remedy that in just a little while. Sir, give us that bread. You think Jesus was talking about this little wafer? Because, I mean, in all honesty, there's not much nutritional value in this thing. But the whole idea of stopping and spending time with God and asking him to save us from ourselves and to empty us so that he can fill us, there's infinite value in that. Eternal value. Eternal value. And I don't know what you believe about this. I don't believe that this becomes the body of Christ. That's transubstantiation. I don't believe in that. What I believe is this is representative of the body of Christ. And that every time you take this, he said, you remember, remember my death till I come again. Because he's coming again, church. He's coming again. But he doesn't want you to starve till then. It's not his method, methodology that, that you would just starve until then. No, he's like, I want you to feast every day. And we're bread lovers, right? Because bread is life. Well, this really is bread is life. It really is. This is what he says right here. He's, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but you haven't believed in me, though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. What a great promise. What a great promise. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of my Father who has sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of those that he has given me, but that I should raise them up in the last day. I don't want to lose anyone. I don't want you to lose anyone. And we're fighting for our kids, and we're fighting for our marriages, and we're fighting. That's, that's you. I can't come alongside you and pray with you all the time. I can't. But, but God is so gracious that he sent the Holy Spirit to walk alongside you, right, to nourish you, to empower you, to continue to do the work of God. I don't want to lose anybody, but we got to do something different. we got to do the work that we're called to, to believe on the one who was sent for us. And people are hungry. My God, they're hungry. We're hungry. Let's be honest. I'm not talking about the, the belly grumble. I'm talking about the life. Everybody's after something, man. We're just after something. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. That's just lust. Lust isn't just sexual. Lust just means I want it. I want it now. I want more. I mean, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Listen, but there's a great Christian paradox that when God dumps himself on you, that you are full and hungry at the same time. Some of you have experienced that. You've been down here at the altar and you just felt the presence of God. You were so full. Like the tears are coming. You're like, my goodness, he's so good. Why? Because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And you're like, I'm so full, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Verse 40 says, for it is the, my Father's will that all will see a son and believe in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on that day stand with me real quick please just 
be reverent in this moment. We're going to get our lives right in just a minute. Jesus wasn't without temptation because I know some of you are like, ah, you know, but life, I'm trying. It's just life, 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 life. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the club. Jesus had it too. But check this out. Check this out. Matthew chapter 4. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. It's important, right? Led by the Spirit. That is, should be the cry of all of our hearts. That Spirit, lead me. Spirit, Galatians 5 talks a lot about it. We need to be led by the Spirit because when we are led by anybody else or by yourself, we're in trouble. Right? And Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Spirit led for 40 days and for 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. And during that time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say that people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Don't come, don't come at that. Don't come at me with that garbage, devil. Don't come, don't come at me with that stuff. If, you, if you're snacking too much, if, you, if you're too interested in this thing over here, you're going to miss the meal that God has for you every day. God, give us a laser focus, right? His word is true. It's right. He's faithful in the things he does. And I know some of you are sitting here today. You're sitting here today and you're like, my God, my family's messed up. My family's jacked up. I don't know, you don't know what I've been through. No, you're right. I don't. I don't. But God does. And listen to this. If the same Jesus whom God sent is the one we're supposed to believe in, came and lived a perfect life, fought temptation, walked the earth, did everything like us except without sin. That's what the Bible tells us. He walked to Calvary, took a beating, hung on a cross for you and for me and for the people who don't even know it yet. And he healed the sick along the way and he healed the blind and the lame and he called his friend Lazarus dead for three days out of the grave and he himself got out of the grave. If he did all of that... Don't you think he can reach down and touch your family and bring healing and restoration and hope and strength and life and he can put a new stamp on it and said that is not your identity what happened what your identity now is that you are mine and this marriage and this life and these kids and this house is going to be a house that serves the Lord absolutely he can do it we still believe in a God of miracles but you got to do what you're supposed to church you got work to do the only work you need to do is to believe in the one who was sent. The only name by which we're saved, the name of Jesus. Read his life. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. You can also watch this message on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church Homestead. We hope you have a blessed week.